This is a HeadGum Podcast. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Your specific facts will almost always change the outcome, and you should always seek an attorney before doing anything. Literally anything. Ryan Morrison is an attorney licensed in New York, and Austin and O'Connor are just normal humans not licensed to do anything anywhere. Proceed with caution. Hello and welcome to Robot Congress. I'm Ryan Morrison here with Austin Hoffman and Ryan O'Connor. You keep doing that to mess with me. Every week it's something different. It's And it will be forevermore. You gotta learn to roll with the punches, baby. So before we jump into silliness this this and we will not this episode uh this we're gonna talk this week about esports player unions and it's something very serious and something that is asked about a ton it's also uh for normal listeners of this show of which we love you and thank you i think that we're gonna keep this episode a little more nuts and bolts and a little shorter to be honest because this has been asked for by a lot of people people really want to know about these esports unions i've been sent a ton of questions about them we're gonna try to go through those questions and go through is a union the right idea for esports right now? If so, what games, et cetera, et cetera. And we're going to really try to answer what everybody wants to know without the usual Austin accents or O'Connor silliness or whatever might happen, even though O'Connor doesn't really do a lot of silliness. But we're <laughs> not that uh, funny of a person. <laughs> but we're going to just we're going to try to go through and, and uh, like I said, keep it tight. First things first, this popped into the universe uh, again about a week ago. It's brought up all the time. Anyone, anytime a player gets in trouble or anytime something shifts in esports, uh, a lot of people will start yelling, union, 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 it's the only solution. I am very pro-worker rights and union as, and everything else. I think there's a lot of bad unions in the world, but unions as an idea are a good thing, and I think that the players here certainly need to be taken care of better than they are right now. About a, a couple of weeks ago, a player on the Philadelphia Fusion in the Overwatch League took his fingers to his eyes, made his eyes slanty, and said, I, you know, made a joke about Koreans or w whatever it is. I honestly haven't even seen the video. It's irrelevant because he did something racist for sure, and he did something that his team punished pretty harshly. The suspensions and the fines, people seem okay with that. People seem to understand that, okay, this guy plays for this team. The team wants to suspend him from games. That's okay. The team wants to fine him. That's okay. But they also banned him from streaming for three months. And people went berserk over that. The entire argument being streaming is something separate than playing a professional game. Streaming should not be part of what the team can even punish. It should not. They're saying you can't do this side job. And I made a post on Reddit saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think you guys are super not looking in at reality here. Uh, and I explained basically that there's a couple of reasons why teams can, can say this. Okay. First off, your employer can usually tell you, you can't have a side job. And it would be very hard for someone to argue to me that Twitch is not a side job. Regardless, that's not even the argument here. The real argument here is when an esports player signs up with a team, almost always, 99% of the time, they're also signing up with that team's Twitch partnership or streaming partnership, whatever platform it's on. And they're saying, my stream is now your stream. You can tell me how much I have to stream. A lot of esports contracts will have minimum hours that they have to stream. A lot of esports contracts will say what they can and can't stream. 
It'll say what overlays they have to put on in terms of the team logo, the sponsors, everything else. It'll say what games they're allowed to have up. It is completely controlled by the team and or league. And it was surprising to me that people didn't know that. I, I didn't know that was such a secret. Maybe Twitch, Blizzard, Riot, and Valve are going to get mad we're talking about this. But to be frank, I don't really care that much. I didn't. I don't <laughs> have an NDA with these people about that stuff. I'm not going to share the specific player contracts or specific player details of course, because that's just that would be unprofessional. What I will do is say the general exercise of the entire industry as a whole. This is not a Blizzard thing. It's not a Riot thing. It's not a Valve thing. This is a thing across the board. When you sign with an esports org, you're also signing your stream up, and they have a right to control it in a plethora of different ways, as per the contract, because there is no union. That makes sense because it's your public. It, it, you're a public face on Twitter. Yeah, on, and on a beyond stream. that, yeah, it's the court of public opinion matters here. I mean, the stream just seems like an extension of the the player himself who is a representative of the league. If you do something racist on your stream, you whether or not your brand. Exactly. And you're you're a detriment to the league itself. The league has a responsibility to their uh, I guess their shareholders or whoever's contributing to the league's popularity and success to get rid of you. Right. And and so the policy arguments even aside, although that's that's a very good point and I agree that the stream can't be looked at separately from your professional career. You cannot be both a toxic streamer and a professional player in the league. It's it's impossible. We've seen that fail numerous times now from people who have attempted it. That said, what is possible is for, for this to all be looked at more intelligently. I am of the belief that the players should eventually be in charge of their own personality, likeness rights, uh, and, and media rights. Is that going to happen? Who knows? That's a huge, huge war. No union in, in sports has ever truly won that. The, the league usually controls the rights there. But you see that the NBA, for example, wanted to put out the NBA 2K League, and they wanted to use all the professional players in the league. LeBron James and company said, absolutely not. We're not going to be in, in your esports league unless you pay us all this extra money or whatever their, their terms might have been. And they had the right to do that. In esports, they wouldn't have the same rights right now. The players signed those rights away. I represent a ton of these players, and the go-to argument is, well, you're a crappy lawyer. You're a crappy agent. Why aren't you getting them all these rights? First off, how dare you? Se no, I'm kidding. But se <laughs> second and most more importantly is we have done so much at my firm and the other attorneys in this space have done so much in this industry already in the past four years compared to where these contracts were then. You would not believe the difference between a contract today in a North American esports versus a contract five years ago in North American esports. You could not get sponsorships. They would completely control your stream. They would be able to fine you any amount without giving a reason, so some teams just didn't pay you. You basically had no rights because you wanted to play professional video games. Right. It was never-ending. I can go through the list, and, and we can later if we have questions relevant to it, but yes, it, it, it is literally never-ending how much they could just screw you over completely. Uh, and to be perfectly frank about it, most of Europe and most of Asia is still like that. The contracts in North America have changed dramatically because of people like myself and Price, and to be frank, owners like uh, or, or esports organizations like Energy and Immortals that came in late, but came in with money to do things right. And, and people like Noah Winston, who really reshaped what a player contract looked like. Now, that said, that doesn't mean that that Cloud9 and TSM and everyone else is taking advantage of players. Quite the opposite. All of these tier one orgs are really same page about doing better and making this industry better now. Uh, that's why we have a good relationship with all the owners, but you'll see me insult other orgs in, in other places <laughs> pretty frequently. Uh, it's because I really, you know, I'm not shy about who's taking advantage of players. It's also why I'm a little defensive when things happen at, where where players kind of go overboard over something that shouldn't be the focal point. A good example is recently Overwatch League said you can no longer use Pepe the Frog memes because they're associated with the alt-right. 
Now, think of that what you will. I think it's pretty ridiculous, but think of that what you will. Can't use them where? On, on their discords or on Twitter or anywhere. Okay. If, they were, if they were tweeting out a Pepe the Frog meme, they, were, they would get fined. Oh, dang. And, and right. And so that's it's something that everyone was surprised with. It, it doesn't make a ton of sense. I think it's a little ridiculous and empowers the alt-right. But regardless, it's a rule, and it's not the rule to die on here. I, I really don't think that's where the war should be fought. You don't want to die on that hill. It's not about that. It's just there's so many more important things going on, and that that is an important thing. I mean, freedom of speech and, and the ability to joke around and meme on the internet is going to be important in esports, but it, I, I think there's so many more clauses and things that we should work on first. And what a union does is collectively bargains all of these things. Collectively bargaining basically means you know, that a player is not negotiating the overall terms of his minimum deal with the league. Instead, all the players get together and say, if you want one of us, you need you need to take care of all of us, and here's the rules we want. And they would go through everything from streaming rights to freedom of speech on Twitter and everything else, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, where that stuff can be collectively bargained in an intelligent way. And honestly, it's, it's better for the league and the players in the long run because it really sets the standards where you're not seeing players in the news every other week with some dramatic headline. Instead, people know where the lines are and they take care of it. The NBA is widely considered the strongest collective bargaining agreement, though the players union is not considered the strongest players union in professional sports because they they are able to work together with the owners and the players themselves are able to work together. So it, it's it's widely regarded and respected as the best CBA in the league. Yeah, I mean, the NBA is is has since forever now been so far ahead of every other professional sports league in terms of understanding social media and understanding digital rights that they're they're consistently just so far ahead and that's that's part of the CBA and and everything else it's it's great what is so before we get into the the real nitty-gritty here I want to say a couple things first off I am not a union attorney I am not an antitrust attorney and those are the two kinds of attorneys that really usually deal in these matters of course now that said I've spoken to a ton of them I've really done my homework here I would not call myself an expert but I do think that I am a handful of people that really understands esports, but also understands the basics of, of unions and player associations and all that fun stuff. So that said, let's go through everything with the caveat that I'm sure an actual union attorney is going to be upset with one or two pieces <laughs> of my analysis. Uh, <laughs> Just quick, if if the NBA has like this utopia of player representation, why doesn't everyone else just mirror it? Because it depends. I mean, each each sport is different and the history you also have to consider that each of these conventional quote-unquote sports have a history these games it's not esports is a decade two tops old conventional esports i mean baseball's been around since it seems like forever but uh, <laughs> like i said the cba is the strongest in the nba but that doesn't mean they have the strongest union the major league baseball is widely considered the strongest player union because all the player contracts are 100% guaranteed if you sign somebody for 25 million dollars a year they will get 25 million dollars a year whether or not they snap their leg and never play a game they will get that much or if they decide that they're too old and they're just not as good as their contract says anymore you still have to pay him too bad meanwhile on the other side the nfl is considered the weakest player union the, the majority due to the fact of the violent nature of the sport their most of their contracts are not guaranteed they don't get that guaranteed money you could sign for a hundred million at 10 million a year but if, if you end up aging out they can cut you for pennies on the dollar right and and bringing it back to esports for example the overwatch league contracts are all guaranteed so if a player gets cut because the team just wants to cut them it's guaranteed if they get sick it's guaranteed uh what's when it's not guaranteed is if they do something immoral or they're cut for cause as you would you would understand it for cause being a plethora of things 
things from refusing to play to doing something racist or homophobic or sexual predatory e you know that that kind of stuff is you're obviously not going to get your paycheck uh and you shouldn't you know that's that's reality now that all said i think it's important we look at the three big dogs here which is valve riot and blizzard we look at the player bases in each community quickly, and then we kind of go over how a union would look for each. So let's just hit to the basics. Do you think unions are a definite in the future? Without a doubt, unions in esports will exist. Uh, I think we're going to see player associations first. And the difference there is a player's association, a union is much more a formal legal entity that has a lot of rules and regulations to it. It has to be created certain ways. It has a lot to do to maintain it. A players association is more akin to the players getting together and saying, we don't care about all that, but here's our collective voice and you're going to listen to it, which is quicker and easier for sure. So a union is like a more bureaucratic players association. Kind of. Yeah. If you're saying unions are a definite for the future, how do you think it's going to get broken down? Do you think when you say the three big dogs like Blizzard, Valve and Riot, do you think that all three of those will have a union that represents all three? Do you think each company will have its own union, or do you think each game will have its own union? So there's a lot of different thoughts on this. I'm not going to speak for the legal industry as a whole. I think anyone who understands what's going on understands that there needs to be specific unions to specific games. The concerns of an Overwatch player are have nothing to do with the concerns of a Dota player, uh, or especially a single-player game like Hearthstone or something like that. Is that because of the way the games are played, back-to-back, or...? Well, it's it's everything, from living conditions to, to how often tournaments are, to if you have teammates, to what the average salary is, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure the popularity matters. Well, well, because when you join a union, the top dogs in that game or industry are basically saying, I'm going to give some stuff up to help everyone else. So using Overwatch for an example, it would be someone like Siegel saying, yeah, I'm going to get a little less to make sure everyone else gets more. And the reason is, is because when you're collectively bargaining something, it's not Siegel squeezing out every dollar he could. Instead, it's it's Siegel basically saying, if you want me, you got to take care of them too. And that means he's going to get a little less, but that's what a union is. And I think when you put in a player in League of Legends making millions of dollars in the same, you know, quote unquote union as a a player in whatever vainglory making $500 a month, it's just that'll never be a same page conversation. Even if you want to make a list of top tier games to, to unionize together, I still don't think that's the right move. Now that said, the only conflicting answer there is first off, there's a lot of people coming in right now seeing esports is a sexy word and a lot of money maker and investors coming in left and right and saying, I'm going to start the union there and I'm going to get so stupidly rich off it. I'm going to get famous off it, blah, 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 blah. And those people very quickly say like, I'm going to use the League of Legends union I'm starting to jumpstart into a, an Overwatch union and blah, 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 blah. They just don't get it. The intelligent argument, though, that would group games together is a lot of labor t- attorneys I spoke with about starting a union. Their their understanding is basically you need to unionize against your employer. Your, okay. your employers here are the organization. And since Energy, for example, has an Overwatch team, let's say, let's pretend it was a couple of years ago, they had a League of Legends team, they have a Hearthstone player, uh, okay. blah, 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 blah. It would be all the Energy players unionizing against Energy as opposed to the Overwatch players unionizing against, against Overwatch. Overwatch. That re- seems very complex. Well, it's not complex. It's just it's it's irrational and never going to yeah. happen. But but by again, you have to understand that these labor attorneys and union attorneys coming in. They don't know esports and they honestly don't care. They're going to look at the letter of the law. And the letter of the law there is that. Now, the, the flip side to that is there is something called a joint employer where Blizzard and Energy would both be a joint employer of an Overwatch shock player. That said, I still don't think they should be unionizing against the teams necessarily because the teams it, it would. That doesn't seem like good for the health of the league overall. Well, if each team is out for themselves, it just doesn't see divided doesn't seem 
It's just it's more of an idea. Right. It's just obviously not as strong. And and the other flip side is, of course, players are traded and cut much more frequently in esports than they are in traditional sports. The other caveat to all this is the easiest way to usually form a union or the, the way we've seen it most often talk to the head of the Major League Soccer Union and some other majors, even though we were insulting him last episode or, or future episode, whatever, whatever order we release these in. I spoke with uh, Tom Brady's attorney. <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the reality You're here is... You're dead to me. The reality here is most unions are started with an antitrust lawsuit. So, for example, the NFL, a draft and a salary cap and all things like that are antitrust violations. You're basically setting a limit on how much someone can earn. You're making only one place they can play. You're doing it through a draft, which means they don't get to pick their employer. You're making all these over-the-top rules that are the definition of antitrust violations. But the way you get around that is you collectively bargain with a union and you allow for them. The difference here, according to a lot of people and as an IP expert myself, the the people who are, are – everyone understands this is the same way. Blizzard owns Overwatch in a way that the NFL does not own a football. Mm-hmm. And that makes this maybe less of an antitrust violation. Now, would I argue it still is? Of course. But it's definitely something that any union is going to have to consider. The NFL can't stop us from picking up a football and making our own XFL like right. Vince, Vince McMahon did. Vince- but we can't just stop and go – Okay, screw you, Blizzard. We're going to go play Overwatch and grab a whole bunch of people and play Overwatch right. together. Right. You can, you can make your own football league. You cannot make your own Overwatch league, and that's a huge difference. And because of the IP 100% ownership here, there's there's potentially not an antitrust violation. And in fact, saying otherwise would shake the world of IP law so dramatically that I would love it. It's kind of what I'm rooting for. But <laughs> regardless, mo- moving down the line here, so you see that in esports right now you see riot coming out with the draft and a salary cap and all these things that they want to do and with the franchising of of esports we're seeing all these things come out as they formalize all these leagues they're also looking to do the the traditional sports way of draft salary cap etc etc now that's an antitrust violation like i said maybe not because of the isp like i said but why risk it they don't want to risk it so riot didn't risk it and they basically said you guys have a union now and and the players are like what <laughs> and, and, and what? And Riot paid for an attorney and is still paying for an attorney to help set up and form a players association. And that's happening oh, in League wow. of Legends right now. They tried getting ahead of it. Right. So wow. they basically said instead of waiting for you guys to for, to to get together and do something formal, which probably would have never happened in League of Legends, there is a handful of players who care about it. But why would that not have happened in League of Legends? We'll get into that in a second. But instead of that, they basically had all of the uh, players get together by force and they're forcing a players association upon them. Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing? You know, everybody was quick to say how sketchy it was. I certainly thought it looked weird that they were paying for the union's attorney. Uh, Yeah. But I, I know the guy doing it right now, Hal, very well at this point. I think he... Absolutely 1,000% is on the side of the players, despite who's giving him his paycheck. There's nothing even ambiguous about it since the players know and waved, waved off on it. But that said, the to Austin's question, the player community in League of Legends is very different than the player community in Dota, than very different than Overwatch, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. League of Legends players are notoriously difficult for us to work with, and we represent a ton of them. And I don't mean they're bad people or I don't like them or anything like that. Basically, what I'm saying is they sign things without reading them. They they notoriously do not care about anything in their contract besides the salary number. And even with this players association being handed to them, all the comments from the, the League of Legends players we spoke with were basically, eh, I just want to go play the game. I don't really care. I don't understand what's going on. We chose this guy because he said he would answer his phone late at night and the other ones didn't. Uh, it was just it was a very strange process. There's an article out you can go look at from a year ago. 
uh, where all the players give quotes on this association being started, and not a single one of them seems to care. Is that because of like well, the culture? Because League of Legends has been around so long. Yes, that and is. And also ex- the age of the players. You have to no, realize- that's completely wrong, and I refuse to give them that out. They they are they are old enough to care about their their futures and careers. And I think anyone who doesn't is is wrong. I can right? only imagine it's, that it's this is... It's a completely is... different time as well. Like, when the NFL union came together, these were guys that had full-time jobs on the side that were trying to provide for their families that just so happened to play a game on Sunday. I, I just... I refuse to give that out. It's been well, decades since... It's not since, age. It's, it's... Yeah, it's been decades since that's true, and most players joining traditional sports are the same age as players joining esports. Now, the difference is more what, what Austin said, where the game has been around long enough now where there's veterans in League of Legends, where there's not in Overwatch. And the veterans in League of Legends have been doing things so terribly. Like I said, five years ago, these contracts were a joke. It's an established culture. No player had a lawyer. No player had an agent. No player negotiated the terms in their contract besides the salary. They signed whatever. So when these rookies come in now, reading all the horror stories about that, reading all the, the times a player's been screwed over, they come in ready. They, they hire us. They'll say, hey, Ryan, come in and negotiate this for me. Then they go into the team house and they see the, the, the veteran player there who's been there 10 years just signs his contract. He doesn't have a lawyer to look at it. So the, the rookie then says, oh, well, I guess if he's doing maybe it, maybe I, I don't, don't need a lawyer. Well, it's not even maybe I don't. They're afraid of being difficult. I can't tell you how many times oh. a League of Legends players fired us saying, I don't really want to be difficult. The other guy signed, so I'm going to sign. And it's incredibly frustrating. And I think it, it's something that, thank God, Hal is taking care of there with the Players Association. He's very serious about it uh, because it's something that, that just needs to be very seriously looked at in that community. And I, I know a lot of people might think that that's a ridiculous thing. Like, oh, you're just going to waive your rights because other people are already doing it and you don't want to be difficult. That's like a natural human reaction is that you don't want to be in the way and you want to you don't want to make waves especially if you're new 100 and and to be frank about it we have some superstar swag monsters in league of legends but most of the players are a lot more timid than the, the counter-strike players we represent or things like that counter-strike on the other hand is super all about making a union they're super all about their rights and they're really since the, the pea letter a couple years ago which we don't need to get into if you're unfamiliar with it these players have, are super cognizant of what they're signing away now in these agreements and they're working with i believe sir scoots on a union as as reported by the sports business journal which is great i would love to see that happen and i would love to see a, a union really form there uh we don't do a ton of work in csgo it's just it honestly it's manpower we do a ton of work in league of legends and overwatch and a few other games that csgo just hasn't been able for something for us to dive deep into so i'm glad that scoots is there helping him out uh and you know, of course, we still work in the space a little, and we're happy to help with our guys always. Getting into a game we are very familiar with, we represent almost 70% of the Overwatch League. Owl. We're, yeah, we're basically the union there now. We represent enough players where if there's something really bad, I call the commissioner who is amazing there. Not not that the Riot people are not. I, to be perfectly blunt about it, Blizzard and Riot could not be more different in how they handle things, but they both do care about their player base and they do want this game to succeed long term and and be around valve on the other hand i don't think they even know they have games anymore at this point (laughs) they have absolutely zero oversight or structure in anything we've ever dealt with them you can't ever get somebody uh, to make a decision there which is weird because they have the biggest one-time earning every year like with the the international well no what, what you have to realize is valve basically has other people run their leagues blizzard runs the overwatch league riot runs the lcs valve on the other hand lets e-league and everyone else run csgo and dota and they and they just you know it's not their game anymore uh, 
Yeah, and it's cool. I mean, it is what it is, but it's definitely why Dota and CSGO are an absolute anarchy compared to Overwatch and League. Now, that said, let's look at Overwatch. As, as I was saying, the player base there is all new to esports. Yes, they might have been Team Fortress pros and things like that, but they were never making... There is no guy in Overwatch who was making a million dollars last year that all the players say, well, if he does it, I'll do it. So all these players came in and they read all the horror stories and they read all the terrible things that have been happening to players and they said screw this we're That's getting not a lawyer be me yeah and we didn't even market 70 percent of the league is working with us because they came to us because they said i don't want to sign this without someone who understands it looking at it it's a very long agreement has a lot of ins and outs and it's oh, something they that the robot congress yeah, exactly <laughs> and it's a lot of things that they wanted to to have done the right way and i really respect the hell out of that player base uh they also you know, talk amongst themselves. They're very open about problems. They research things before they go forward. It's it's just a very educated player base compared to a lot of esports where instead of just being angry, they're doing actual legal research. And it's interesting. So I you see that happening. And because of that, I think Riot's going to have the first player association because they're literally forming it. But I think Overwatch is the most likely place we're going to see a player-made player association or a player-made union and I think it's it's not that far off, to be honest. So we're going to go completely hypothetical. Do you think that each union for each game will have a different negotiating power? For example, say League of Legends gets four weeks paid time off for their players as opposed to Overwatch, which maybe would give two. Sure. Yeah, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. I mean, I think it's going to boil down to basically how much the publisher is willing to talk to the the union and work with them. Okay. Uh, but I think that all the publishers have shown that they're willing to work. We've seen minimum contracts now. We've seen things come out. They've, they've been reported. For example, Overwatch League has a minimum salary of $50,000. They have other a plethora of other minimum things in those agreements that the players have to get. That's huge. I mean, that's already something that you would have thought a union would have to argue for. Bam, and, living wage. And yeah. on the opposite side, are there salary caps? Well, so they're very careful with salary caps, and it's uh, I honestly don't know how much is public about that, but there's certainly some nonsense going on on that side of things, yes. Uh, now, do you think these esports unions will cover the normal gamut of benefits that a regular, you would think, workforce union will do? Health benefits, paid time off, pensions. Do you think that's a, a possible future? Yeah, and I think that most players already get all that stuff, to be honest. Uh, maybe not 401ks quite yet, but it's 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 that's coming sooner or later, and publishers have already discussed it. But most players are flown home to their families once or twice a year. Uh, most fa- most players have an off-season that they get paid for. Uh, most players have a lot of perks, but the problem is the perks aren't that good compared to how much is taken away from them. I mean, they're getting... The, the, the fact that, player, that teams completely control sponsorships and their stream in some cases is not okay because of that means that they're controlling like their entire lives they don't really have any room to, do, to pursue any other avenues of- no i don't care about that I, I care more about all the the ways that these players are making money is going to the team instead of the player uh for example we used to see that that it causes an agreement that would say and still you see it in europe and asia a uh, player just has to activate for us whenever we want them activating meaning do something for a sponsor uh, now, for our guys, we make sure that there's a one-day limit on that or, or two days, depending on what we negotiate, and anything past that, they have to get paid their own day rate. They have to get paid extra. You mean like like snipping grand opening things at a mini mall? Yep. That's the only sponsorship esports players <laughs> do is snipping open shopping malls. That's where the, the youth culture today is at, is at the shopping malls that are yep, failing you, throughout you, the country. You nailed it, Austin. I love having you here. He and, has the <laughs> finger on the pulse of young society. Uh, so things like that uh, need to be negotiated. Uh, again, their media rights, their, their likeness rights. Are they getting a cut of their jersey sales? Are they getting a cut of their in-game? If we see in-game skins for players, like in Dota and Counter 
Counter-Strike, we see autographed items. Are, we're going to see that in other games, too, for sure. Are they getting a cut of in-game items? It are, never occurred to me that, that they might not be. Because when, when I see somebody's name on, you know, as an autographed item, like in a, in a Dota item, I expect that they would be getting something from that. So I, And I think, I think that's the problem with the entire industry, is a lot of people just expect, oh, well, there's no way XQC has his stream affiliated with his Overwatch League contract. Well, can't show you the contract, and I can't answer about specific clients, but I can tell you that... <laughs> generally every single one of our esports clients has their stream affiliated with their contract in some capacity everything is a negotiation and everything is part of the overall deal that you look at and i think that that the public needs to understand that that no these players are not making a million dollars a day the teams aren't either to be frank but what we've done with almost all of our players is negotiate the ability to get independent sponsorships which is a huge step up now, yes, it cannot conflict with a team sponsor, usually, sometimes, but even that we we have exceptions for, and it's baby steps. But the baby steps we can do as a, as a five-person law firm and a, and a five-person agency is so much smaller than what a union can do. So even though we have a, such a large player base we're working with and we're fighting with together and for... You're fighting the good fight as yeah, best you can. Yeah, I mean... It, 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 the, you can't do it as strong as a union can and that because that's literally every player and it's 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 just stronger in every capacity and I, that's what i think needs to happen i want it to happen what i don't want to happen is some outside person coming in and saying i'm gonna run a union for you guys you pay me dues every month this is gonna be awesome and then i've heard other people say we're gonna collectively bargain the union not against the league only but also for some sponsors and I see why these people are doing it. They're just trying to make money, and it's terrible. And that's why in Overwatch in particular, I've already spoken to the players you would expect to work on a union, or maybe not, the players anyway, that knowing the players how I know them, the players I would expect to run a union, and I want that to happen. I want a player... A player represented and run union? I want a player represented and run union. There is no reason for outside people to run the union or especially to get a players association started because they have the experience and they can bargain well whereas the players that is their they're sales all amateurs pitch. so let me in just let me in the ring and I'll represent you well don't worry about it yeah. all that money you'll get some of that money but Austin I mean just to dive into once I don't mean to just keep harping on the NBA but that's definitely true is they've uh, the NFL like I told you has the considered the weakest players union they did have somebody that was kind of like a bureaucrat as their leader who got ousted after the last collective bargaining agreement because I mean public opinion is that the the players got screwed they gave up a ton of benefits because there was a lockout and they just wanted to get back into the game and get paid a lot of money meanwhile in the NBA it's player run Chris Paul I believe at this current point in time is the leader of the who's a current yeah, player I mean specifics to it aside it's that's exactly right player run is is going to always be better because the players care about their own rights more especially when you have an intelligent player and they're running things and listen I'm, I mean I'm not shy about it there's the, the players that we work with that I think are obvious choices are people like Siegel and Jake and and super on the shock who is you know a little quieter publicly but who is always the first one to call me with a legal issue because he reads he reads everything and I, and that's what i want to see is players really take this stuff seriously and they're not all gonna so let the ones who do run it and put it together we are always going to help them with our legal services and with the agency as much as we can but end of day i don't want some outside person doing this i want the players to do it there are so many things that they need to do but what I what I what I worry about and when everyone just jumps and says, let's start a union, 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 union. My concern there is they don't understand what a legal process that is and what a headache that is and how much is in store for that, as opposed to just kind of starting a players union. It would be good enough to get all the players in a discord channel and just discuss rule changes before they come out with the commissioner. 
And, and that's enough for me. So now, a union is a great long-term idea, but it's just it's not an easy, immediate solution like people want it to be. And it's a buzzword that I think is is just not where we need to be. First, players need to care about their contracts and they need to care about what they're signing. Bam, that's kind of happening for the most part in Overwatch League. Now take that and turn it into a group conversation. Keeping in mind, players are not allowed to share salaries with each other. They're not allowed to share the specifics of their deal with each other. They can't tell each other? Absolutely not. And all of them sign confidentiality agreements. And one of the biggest things that unions do in other sports is report salaries. Now, it's part of the CBA. It's part of their research. And basically, we you cannot do that in any esport right now because all that stuff is, is under an NDA. What, uh, that's what's crazy. the reason for that? So they don't... So they don't bargain better. If, oh, if oh, oh. The yeah, second, it's great for the owners. Yeah, the, that's what I... Yeah. The second ESPN reported that Sinatra got $150,000 salary, every player wanted 150000 when they were happy with 60000 the week before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's they don't want that stuff public, but it's coming. I mean, it will come. I'm, I'm Believe me, we're all working towards the same goal here. Uh, the problem is when I come in as the lawyer on Reddit and elsewhere and I say, well, hold on, guys, let's slow down. Union's not exactly the right word or next step. Everyone just says I'm a shill of the owners and I hate everybody and blah, blah, blah. It, it couldn't be less true. I mean, I die for these players. You're just working with what you got right now. And, and it, within reality. Well, you're, not being, within, you're being realistic. Yeah, not within Reddit rage, although Reddit rage is a beautiful thing. In fact, Twitter and Reddit and PR are, are how these players are have their strongest rights. I mean... Because when, that's also the audience. Exactly. When these players are upset about something or get taken advantage of, I myself sometimes realize that Reddit is better than a courtroom. And, and let's Court talk, of public opinion, baby. Yeah, let's talk about denial. Not That playing. can also be a negative thing. Yeah. <laughs> of course it can, but it, it, it's a, it is a weapon. For good or for ill, yes. it is a weapon. 100%. Listen, this was a rambly episode for sure, but it's something that I got a ton of questions on. Do you guys have any outstanding things that I should touch on before we kind of call this one? So on the back end, say a union becomes a reality. In regards to player contracts, on the player side of things, do you think there's going to be a penalty for players breaking their contracts? I ask that because in I don't think in conventional sports, I don't mean to keep harping on the existing big four. Yeah, but you can't go just pick up a football and go play elsewhere. Yeah, for the NBA, you can go play overseas, but you're not making nearly the amount of money. Meanwhile, esports players can can go on Twitch and get donations, and it, there's much there's many more ways they can make money on the side that players can't. Yeah, they're not getting the the sprite deal, or it the, seems like a lot of that is being governed by their contracts, like like you said, Twitch. But that's what I'm saying. Do you do you think that the the penalties for breaking a contract will be much harsher than than uh, conventional sports if and when a, a players union comes about? I think uh, so. What's what's interesting about what we said earlier is let's say you're an Uber pop popular League of Legends player and Riot kicks you out of the league because you're or you quit and throw grow away what Riot can do is say you can't even stream league on your own time you're because ban- it's Riot's game yeah they can ban you from streaming it they could ban you you're not affiliated with Riot in any capacity you're not in the league in any capacity but they can absolutely tell you you are never allowed to stream League of Legends because you're playing their game yes and and that is the the extra crazy power here of contract breach that that's that dicey well it's it's happened I mean it ha- it's happened quite a few times and it won't it won't stop. I mean, it's within their rights. We don't want you affiliated with our game. Bam. Done. You won't be. And that's the most ranting I've ever done in an episode. And now my throat is on I fire. That's true. That's probably not true. But it, this is this is definitely the I think this is the quickest most stuff we've covered. Uh, so now that now within this context, uh, I, I told Reddit last week that I was going to write a, a blog post on this and I and I will. But I wanted to kind of run through all of this. And you see now why, you know, I wanted this to be a 20 minute episode and it's double that. It's impossible to quickly run through this stuff, but I wanted everyone to get an idea of where we're at, 
And now with all of this in mind, I'm going to put this in the competitive Overwatch subreddit and League of Legends subreddit and all that. Uh, let me know follow-up questions you have, and I will write that blog post. But I wanted to write the blog post from a place of all of us being on the same base level of, of understanding that this is not magic words we're dealing with, and these are real things. Uh, but I, I'm sure there's going to be follow-up questions, and I'm happy to answer them. So let's do it. Uh, until then, you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Ryan Morrison. You can follow me on Twitter at Robot Austin. And you can follow the show at Robot underscore, underscore Congress. Congress. Stop it. And we the show comes out every Tuesday, and... Uh, Looking forward to loving you. O'Connor doesn't have a Twitter. We didn't skip over him for all the new listeners. Yep. Good night. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs> <laughs>